15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What's up, Out of Bounds Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. Come with us, Out of Bounds, as we discuss and debate the latest topics in the world of sports. We have a great show ahead, so let's get to it. The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Out of Bounds podcast. I'm your host, Corey Harrison. Today I want to have a short show. And I hope all is well with everyone during this time, staying safe, you know, practicing social distancing. You know, if you have to leave your homes, I just hope that you're being as healthy as possible. You know, that's the important thing during this time. And I wanted to bring some interesting topics tonight so I, I want to go ahead and segue right into that, that first topic tonight we're going to compare the careers of Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant as you know both will be inducted into the 2020 Hall of Fame the inspiration of this topic came from a post I recently saw today on Facebook and ironically, a member from the gym that I manage at Planet Fitness, I'm going to keep him anonymous until I can get him on the show. But he's a diehard fan, and I can't wait to get him on Out of Bounds. But ironically, he sent me a picture, you know, just kind of like going over some comments that Stephen A. Smith had made. And I disagreed with Stephen A. Smith you know, as it relates to this topic. So I kind of want to do my own research and present it to my own show. And I also want to get some feedback from, you know, you guys as well. Um, if any time we go live on this show and I post it on Facebook, the live call-in number for guests will be 914-205-5814. So anytime you want to call into the show, that number never changes. So if I post it on Facebook, you have the opportunity to, to interact with me live on this show. So with that out the way, 
I want to get right down to business. As everyone knows, Kobe Bryant is my guy. So I'm a little biased, but I'm going to make sure that I have the facts. We start with Kobe. Going back to 97-98 season. Kobe was 19 years old. And at that time, he became the youngest all-star in NBA history. He finished second in the six-man-a-year race. But he really became the Black Mamba. The cold-blooded assassin we know two years later when he averaged more than 20 points a game as the second best player on a championship team. His reign on the league lasted for about 14 seasons until he tore his Achilles tendon April 12th of 2013. During that span, Kobe had averaged 27.8 points 45.5% from the field and 84% from the charity stripe. Tacking on 5.7 rebounds, 5.2 assists, and combined with 2.1 blocks and steals. The Lakers reached the playoffs in all but one of those seasons between um, Kobe and future Hall of Famer Shaq and Paul Gasol that resulted in his five championships and he captured the MVP honors in 2008 and finished top five in 11 times of the, of the voting of the MVP now we go to Tim Duncan by the end of Tim Duncan's prime it's kind of difficult for me to determine since his minutes per games kind of dipped below 30 and his statistical averages followed suit in 2009-2010 but he still um, garnered MVP votes four more times and he won the title um, so he, he he garnered MVP votes four more times and then he won a title in 2014 so it's hard to, to argue that you're not still in your prime when you're still, you know, making all NBA rosters, which means Tim Duncan from his rookie season, 97, to his great campaign in 2014, which respectively coincide with the first, with the first and last of his 15 all-defensive honors. So in 18 seasons, Tim Duncan averaged 19.5 points, you know, a little over 50% from the field, and 6, 69.6 from the charity stripe, taking on 11 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and 2.9 steals and blocks per game. And he finished top five in MVP voting nine times, and he won it twice. Okay. Now, the Spurs had won at least 50 games every year. The 99 campaign was a lockout season. Which, you know, he, they won the title that year. But I kind of like, for me, if the if the season was short, you know, and, and there was a lockout, I mean, I, I always, I, I, I wanted everybody else's opinion. It's like, you know, 99 was, was a lockout campaign. 
and I, and I just it's kind of hard for me to count it, you know count that one but you know he won even though the season was short but they that was the first of his five titles then those teams mostly featured Hall of Famers in waiting you got Ginobili TP Tony Parker while um, kind of spanning the t- tenures of uh, David Robinson and, and Kawhi you know, not to even mention them so whether you prefer the natural born score or the natural born leader you know because you have Tim Duncan was the leader and you have Kobe which he was just a just a he was a dog he was a natural born scorer so it's kind of like pick your poison with either one of them now that's nothing to take you know take away from Tim Duncan's game just was different so getting back into it Tim Duncan was more relevant in the NBA as a as a as a winner um most analysts would say and more important to his team relevancy for a longer period of time than Kobe because you know Kobe had the first three years that he was off he didn't he didn't get a chance to start the first three years and then his last couple seasons he didn't get a chance to, to play due to injuries um which are, that's a part of the game injuries the big equalizer in sports now part of that maybe result you know Kobe's demanding 40 point I mean 40 plus minutes per game until his Achilles just gave out at 34. Tim Duncan won his first five titles in 99, you know, starting in 99. The first is five titles starting in 99. He swept my Lakers with Kobe and Shaq in the Western Conference semifinals in 99 in that year, 99. And his last in 2014 and and which, uh, which you know, just going back to, to, to Kobe, um, in 2014, Kobe and all of us six games had marked the beginning, you know, towards you know, which fake went to towards the end of his career, um after two thousand fourteen. Now, Tim Duncan was the most important player of those San Antonio years in in all but one of those seasons. Now, and that's that that's that one season would be, you know, with you know, Kawhi winning the 2014 NBA Finals MVP. Now, there's some people that may question whether Kobe was truly the most important on his team until the team decided to let Shaq walk in 2004. And although Kobe did finish ahead of Shaq in the MVP vote in the last two of their eight seasons together with their three titles behind them, the Lakers did miss the playoffs in 2005 when Lamar Odom and Karone Butler were Kobe's best supporting actors. Now, when you got a team and your only help comes from Lamar Odom and Karone Butler... Now, it's not going to be a lot of people that even remember that Karan Butler played for the Lakers. Now, back when Lamar Odom was with the Clippers, he was a beast. He was a dog. But when he, you know, the Kobe years, like, he did help the Lakers win 
you know, titles, but, you know, Kobe would then need more help. And then, so, kind of jumping into that, Kobe did lead, uh, did not lead the franchise out of the first round again until Paul Gasol came. He arrived in 2008. Now, according to critics, Kobe, and this is not my take because, you know, everybody knows Kobe's my guy. According to critics, Kobe was not the undisputed best player on a contender until year 12 of his career. I disagree. By, by that time, Tim Duncan had already owned three finals MVPs. Now, we can argue whether Tim Duncan was great with better teammates. We can say that because throughout Tim Duncan's career, you know, they kept talent around him. You know, for the entirety of his career. But Tim Duncan also helped establish the culture. You know, they have a, you know, a really, really solid culture in San Antonio. And you have to credit that to Tim Duncan. You know, with the Lakers, we kind of struggled with our identity at times. You know, even after Shaq had left, you know, we were still trying to figure out who we were as a team. That cultivated and kept those teammates for record six other um, I think it, it was six other Lakers who made the third you know all-star appearance from 98 to 2015 while three other Spurs made 11 all-star appearance during the same time so you had six Lakers out of the 13 they made all-star appearance from 98 to 2015 then you had three other Spurs who made 11 all-star appearance during the same time span now Let's jump into like some numbers, career highs, and stuff like that. Now we already know that you know we're not even going to get into the 81 point game. Um, it is, I mean, just to kind of touch on a little bit, it is the second most points in NBA history that Kobe has scored 81 points in 2006. But I don't want to, I don't want to lead with that argument. So we're just going to, you know, talk about you know their stat lines at Kobe's apex, and that depends and that's on your preference. As a 24-year-old, he posted an efficient 37 and 6 stat line with a couple steals per game for you know for the for, for you know and then he was a three-time NBA champion making first team all NBA and all defense. Something he did seven more times after that. 3 years later, he averaged a league leading 35.4 points per game, the most since Michael Jordan. And some would regard Michael Jordan as being the greatest of all time. Two years after that, he captured his lone MVP award, which I'm going to have to have another segment on that. Like, I don't want to keep you having, like, these Kobe episodes, like, with, you know, like, it's just kind of hard not to just with, you know, him, you know, making the Hall of Fame. But, you know, I I do kind of want to, you know, get everybody's take. He should have had more MVPs than one. Um, Then he followed that with the sole runner-up, you know, with the MVP finishing um, and avenging the previous year finals loss to the Boston Celtics that, that following year to capture his first non-Shaq title. And uh, I think it's, uh, so in 2008, Kobe was 30, and he lifted the Lakers to 65 wins and placed him on the short list of the most dominant teams of the past two decades. Now, that kind of strikes me as his apex. 
he finished second in MVP voting to LeBron after winning the award in 2008, and then he added his first Finals MVP award to his shelf, erasing any doubts he could win a championship without Shaq, and catapulted himself onto the league's all-time top 10. Also coming off his contribution of the Redeem team in 2008, he made first-team All-NBA, All-Defense again, 26.8 points on 47-35-86 split with five assists, five rebounds, two blocks, steals per game. Now we get to Tim Duncan's apex. His is you know in 2002, um, in in his 2002 season, 2002-2003 season is um, is as good as any big man's in history. At 26, he won his second straight league MVP and second of three Finals MVPs, leading San Antonio to 60 wins, another title. And his road to a ring included a conference semifinals win over Kobe's three-time defending champion Lakers, which I was sick. Duncan finished fourth in Defensive Player of the Year voting, making first-team all-defense for a fifth straight year. He also won a gold medal at the uh, FIBA Americas Championship, capturing USA Basketball Male Athlete of the Year honors. Tim Duncan also averaged 23.3 points with career highs in rebounds, 12.9, 3.9 assists, 2.9 blocks per game. Now, the only other player to produce those numbers in a single season was Kareem, who did it six times. So let that sink in how great Kareem was. Speaking of which, we should throw him into, you know, you know who's better with, you know, the GOATs, you know, from other eras. Like, I and I, and I, and we, there was a poll and I, I briefly, like, I think I talked about this in my last segment with Mike on yesterday about, you know, how Kareem was left out of that college discussion as one of the greatest college players. I think Michael Jordan ended up winning because it was, um, it was a, I think they basically compared the careers between Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, but they didn't even mention Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, and his, and I, and I, I get it that I was like, I wasn't even born around that time, but I looked at looked at some of the stats and some of the things he was doing in college. I mean, not a lot of people didn't know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a standout in college as well. But moving back into our topic. Now, Kobe's stat line at his apex, you know, those who, you know, average, you know, the same while Kobe was at his apex, you got Kareem, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Rick Barry, Clyde Drexler, Tracy McGrady, LeBron, D-Wade, Giannis, Steph Curry, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. So that's that's pretty much those, those you know, Kobe's in great company with all those guys. And some of those guys are in great company with Kobe. So we look at the career, Kobe's career milestone. Now, Going back to you know how a lot of people don't really realize how clutch Kobe was. You know there are you know many claims that I've heard, is, and it doesn't have any statistical evidence to this, but it is a you know it is something you know kind of look back into like some of the highlights and stuff like that. Now, it 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 is been said that Kobe has more game winning shots than anyone in NBA history. 
you know, although it's you know it's hard to trace that, but you know he may have attempted more than anyone else. And, but we don't we don't have the concrete stats to back it up. So I don't want to you know just put out hearsay. So I encourage everyone to kind of look that up and then you know bring that back to the show um, if y'all like to you know like I said come on and discuss this topic. Now. We are here to decide which of these players better rose to occasion. Not necessarily last second shot, low percentage shot attempts, but across an, an entire game, series, and the biggest spots of their careers, who was more reliable in the clutch? So first, their career playoff stats. Starting with Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan had 251 playoff games. Average 20.6 points, 11.4 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks and steals per game. 54.8 true shooting percentages, 24.3 player efficiency rating. That's Tim Duncan. Go to Kobe. 220 playoff games, 25.6 points. And then we have 5.1 rebounds, 4.7 assists, 2.1 blocks and steals per game, 54.1 troop shooting percentage, 22.4 player efficiency rating. And now we look at the finals. In finals, we got Tim Duncan, 34 games, 20.8 points, 13.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists, and 3.2 blocks and steals per game. And you have a 53.8 true shooting percentage. And 37 finals appearance, finals of games, you have 25.3 points for Kobe, 5.7 rebounds, 5.1 assists, 2.7 blocks and steals per game, 50.7 true shooting percentage. So then finally we get there uh, to their career and win or go home finals. So we're going to go through the win or go home. Like, this is do or die. We got Tim Duncan, 5-3 in eight games, 5-3 in eight games, 22.3 points, 13.4 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and three blocks and steals per game with a true shooting percentage of 51.8. You have Kobe at 5-5 in 10 games. You have 23.5 points, 7.8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2.7 blocks and steals per game, 47.4 for his true shooting percentage. Kobe made eight trips to the conference fighters and reached the finals in the last seven of those appearances, winning five rings. He also failed to get out of the first round on two occasions. Um... Now, his teams were 33-11 and 11 in 44 playoff series. Now, Tim Duncan reached the conference finals nine, nine times. He advanced to the finals six times and won five titles. And he also lost four first-round series and finished 35-14 and 14 in 49 total series. Kobe's Lakers met Tim Duncan's Spurs on about six occasions. And... Lakers emerged victorious four times. You know, now San Antonio does own a sweep in 2013, but caveat, Kobe had towards Achilles tendon that year. I mean, it's legit. Look it up. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for that, but, you know, he did towards Achilles, and Dwight Howell kind of folded, in, you know, under pressure during that time as well, which was well documented. And total, Kobe's Lakers emerged victorious in 18 of 30 playoff games against each other. Now, 
let's go to their stats head to head. Kobe uh, points um, average 28.2 points in head to head meets with Tim Duncan. 53.6 true shooting percentage, 5.9 rebounds, 4.7 assists, and 1.7 steals and blocks per game. And the head to head meets with Tim Duncan, he averaged 25.2 points. Now, I do get that they play two different positions, and a lot of times uh, Tim Duncan got switched on Shaq, so it's kind of like kind of hard to kind of compare these two, but. You know, they're in the 2020 Hall of Fame, and I want to pick up the subject matter because it's been brought to my attention. So I just want to put that out. But getting back to the stats, 25.2 points for Tim Duncan's 53.7 troop shooting percentage, 13.6 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and 3.2 steals blocks per game. Now, it's fairly um, inarguable that... Tim Duncan was statistically more effective in those meetings. Uh, I, I like if you just look at some of you know just he was slight like slightly um, efficient statistically in those meetings. Even um, his teams lost more times than they won against the Lakers. Um, what we have here, no, no, you know we don't really have a way of measuring their defensive performance in in terms of you know their clutchness because we're talking about clutch as well because that, that plays a factor and like I said um, Tim Duncan normally drew Shaq you know as his assignment in, in five of those six playoff series so it's kind of hard for us to kind of you know really pinpoint but statistically you have you know Tim Duncan he had you know more solid numbers across the line um, during those head to heads and like I said I'm not trying to be biased or anything like that so I, you know if it's a stat that you know, Tim Duncan actually beat out Kobe. I'm going to present it because I'm only presenting raw facts today. Now, you could argue if if a series came down to one possession, you'd rather have the ball in Kobe's hand. Everybody knows that I'm not putting the ball in nobody else's hands but Kobe. That's even with, with on Tim Duncan's team. Like, if, if, if I had Tim Duncan on my team, I had Kobe on my team, the ball is going to 24 hands down, or eight, regardless of, you know, what area you're talking about, you know. Um, now, if only because, you know, and, and it's only because Kobe can create his own shot. Nobody, you know, was a better shot creator. Now, you have some guys now that, you know, are pretty decent shot creators, but Kobe was like, a, you know, like a dog when it came to, you know, creating his own shot and getting his shot off anywhere. Okay. Now, now, Tim Duncan had a greater two-way impact on in the biggest games, and it's difficult to find um, more clutch performances in in closeout games than the one he had in Game Six of the 2003 Finals. Now, this is this stat line right here is crazy. In 2003 finals, in which the Spurs had won the title that year, Tim Duncan had 21 points in game six, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists, and eight blocks. It's crazy. Now, let's get down to awards, a.k.a. the hardware. 
Tim Duncan was a two-time NBA MVP, five-time champion, three-times final MVP, 15-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA selection, 10-time first team, three-time second team, second, uh, also a two-time third team, 15-time All-Defensive player, 18-time first team, seven-time second team, and a 1998 Rookie of the Year and 2003 USA Men's Basketball Athlete of the Year and the 2004 Olympic bronze medalist. Now we get to the great Kobe Bryant. He has a one MVP in 2008. He's a five-time NBA champion. Two-time final MVP. 18-time All-Star. 15-time All-NBA selections. 11-time first team. Second, And then he has a two-time second team. Two-time third team. 12-time All-Defense. Nine-time first team. Three-time second team. Two-time scoring champion. Four-time All-Star game MVP. 1997 slam dunk contest champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist in 2008 and in 2012. So, Kobe has a few distinct advantages in his performance at the All-Star game and the Olympics and his two scoring titles. The first two have little to no bearing on who had the better NBA career. Besides, um, you know, we should, you know, credit, you know, Kobe for making three more All-Star games when he played in the game each when he played in those games, each of his final three seasons, one in which he played all six games, another in which he played 35, and two, I think two more in which he was one of the, um, I think if you look at it, they, they the um, his, I guess volume-wise, they, they considered him like one of the worst volume shooters um, in, that, in that time in the, in the whole league. And that was um, during his uh, final three seasons, I believe. But that was like due to injuries, though. Like if you go back and look, you know, look at you know his, you know how his career was and how he kind of diminished after the injuries. Like you know, like that's it's not a hard stretch to say. So it, and, it, and he they was considering him like one of the worst volume shooters because he he just had that mentality that you know the mom mentality that was you know still in him, but his body just you know just failed him. He just he could could not get back to you know, who we knew him to be three seasons. And, you know, when he retired, you know, he basically said, you know, I've given basketball everything I've had. Like, I don't have anything left. I don't have anything left to give. And and he, was, he it was hard for him to leave, but he was content with that. He was okay. Like, I'm done. And, you know, but, you know, career-wise, he was, you know, he's an all-time great. He's, you know, 2020 uh, Hall of Fame can't wait to watch the ceremony. It's gonna be bittersweet. You know that he's not gonna be there to give a speech, but you know the numbers are there. Now, scoring titles. You know, those are you know incredible, and it helped lead Kobe to um, third on the all-time scoring list. You know, LeBron's has you know since Pat, this was during his career. So when I say third on the all-time scoring list. Le- LeBron has um, has already passed Kobe, so uh, Kobe's right now at four. He's at fourth. Um, then you have eleven spots higher. So, so if you think about it, scoring wise, he's eleven spots higher than Tim Duncan in scoring. But how do we put that into context of Tim Duncan also ranking top ten all time in rebounds and in blocks? So Kobe won scoring titles. That was his thing. It just wasn't Tim Duncan's. 
He was the big fundamental. He was the backbone of the most successful franchise in the last two decades. In conclusion, Tim Duncan had more league MVPs and one more finals MVP than Kobe. And I'm going to leave it at that. Now, that's my argument. These, are, you know, I just gave stats. I wasn't biased to my, my guy. Um, I like to get everyone's thoughts. So if you, you know, want to inbox me, um, text me if you have my number, and we can, you know, kind of discuss it. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit more in detail if I can get an actual um, person to debate or talk to about this particular subject. Um, I'm hoping I get my um, my friend the Jim in on this show. I did reach out to him. He did say he was interested, so uh, I probably you know have a follow up with this because. I, I really want to get his his take on this. Like he's really passionate about those Spurs. So I have stated my case. Join me on my next episode, and like I said, we can do a part two on this topic. And if you agree, disagree, hit me on my Instagram. I'm at out of bounds underscore sports podcast at um, in Instagram and on Twitter. I'm at out of bounds um, spl one. That's my Twitter handle. Also, like us on Out of Bounds Sports Podcast page. Um, that is uh, Out of Bounds 2020. Um, that's it for tonight, for tonight, folks. Y'all take care of yourselves. Make sure you're staying healthy. Wash your hands. Make sure y'all, um, you know, being mindful of the climate that we're living in. Peace, family. If you love the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service. Without all the drama.